Blog Talk Radio. On a mountain, in a valley, I behold only God. In hardship, I see God by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melted amidst the sparks of the flames. I behold only God. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. This is Mara. I thank you for joining me today, and I thank those of you who listened over the week for listening. 
In fact, that was a big impetus in my being back today. I had told myself that, oh my gosh, I've said this so many times, but I'm repeating myself. In fact, as I look at my notes, I'm thinking, so what's new today? But maybe what I'm saying needs to be reset. It certainly needs to be reset for me. And as I was about ready to bow out yet again, and I said, well, if one more person than listen last week, there were three. If one more person has listened, then I will do this show again this week. Not that I'm all that. But even with just one person listening, that's one person who cared enough to take 45 minutes of their time and listen, who hopefully will talk about it. Maybe they'll have another one come, but it doesn't matter if anyone else listens more than that one person. Because if that one person goes out and spreads the message of love, then that's what it's all about. And that can multiply multiply and change our lives because we are in control of what's going on around us and as much as we want to wring our hands and attack politics to it it's not about politics it's about humans it's not about which religion is right it's about paying or heeding the words of those religions which universally as Rabia the mystic, an Islamic prophetess, I think it would be the word I would use, cleric, said, it's all God. It's all God. Because God is either everything or God is nothing. And God has created for us this grand scheme of life lessons that help us define who we are and remember. R-E hyphen M-E-M-B-E-R with one another. As human beings. So one person listening and out there telling another person is phenomenal. That's a 100% return right there. One person talking, one person listening, telling one other person. If that person tells another person, then pretty soon we have a bunch of people who are thinking that they have the power to make a difference. Not by going in their head and deciding been wronged, but by asking themselves, how would I want to be treated? If I was that other person doing the wronging, would I want to be listened to? Would I want kindness? Would I want someone to value? Not necessarily agree. This isn't all about always agreeing, but there is such a thing as agreeing to disagree, which involves very much allowing each person to be the person that they are but nonetheless listening to them and politely explaining why you don't agree. And I guess that's kind of what I'm doing here. Last when I first got here to my new home, I had some guys calling in and, and they wanted to talk the Bible. You know, having grown up uh, in a 
well, grown up, that's a big word. There's a lot of years in growing up. The first 11 years of my life were between Ohio and West Virginia in the Bible Belt with what my parents called themselves was hillbilly parents and who had been in, whose families, both of their families had been in West Virginia since the 1500s in the same county, Wetzel County, West Virginia. And I learned the way of thinking from my grandmother who would tell us there were kids we shouldn't talk to because they went to the wrong church. And from my grandfather who said we should talk to everyone because they believed in the same God. There's one God for all of us. We are all God's children. I did a little research yesterday to see, uh, because there's a popular myth out there that Christians believe you should love your enemies. And that's not true. That's not true. It's been around for a long time that we should care for people who disagree with us. That we're looking for a humanity that sees each other. Whereas, be still thy soul says, we are looking to be the light within us that was put there the second we were born. Why do you think babies cry when they're born? I've always wondered that. And I've come to my own conclusion. That is that they've left the peace of the other side and they've joined the chaos of this life. It's not always easy. We don't always make right choices. None of us do. But what happens is we live in a world where there is a righteousness fueled by I have a handle on how others should believe. Whether it was the way my grandmother believed or my grandfather. My grandfather was a man that could do healing by laying his hands on. Yes, that's true. That's true. I'm not making that up. He was a very compassionate, kind person. And one time, you know, with the questioning of a 12-year-old, I said to him, you know, Grandpa, how does it feel to heal people? And he says, it feels like I am just a vessel. I don't feel anything. I am merely a tool for God. We are all merely tools for God. We are all merely tools for the future of this planet. And we need to ask ourselves, what do we want that planet, this planet to be like? Do we want it focused on me-ism, I'm enough, narcissism? Do we want it focused solely on how we look? How many people are making their livings focused on how they look? What are they going to do when they age like I've aged and the looks start going away? What then? That's not to say that there are people who are kind who focus on how they look, and that's fine. 
In fact, it's fine if that's how they want to make their living and how they want to live. But we need to step outside our ideas about others. And I see that in some of the people who focus on how they look. I see that in Khloe Kardashian, frankly. I had thought I was going to say that today, but I do. I see that in her. I see that in Kim Kardashian, trying to help people who did not have what she considered to be fair representation. I see that in uh, Bill Gates, who reaches out to help through a charity with his ex-wife. I see that in Warren Buffett, who says, I, I want to pay taxes. There's something wrong when my secretary pays more taxes than I do. But all of that sounds like politics, like people are judging based on some political conception instead of striving for some spiritual perfection. It's only in the whole that we are perfect. As individuals, we have a long way to go. But when we invite kindness, when we invite love into our lives, then in that moment and in all of those moments, we are being our highest selves. And you can read any book you want on what your divine purpose is, but I can tell you straight up, it's being your highest self. How many words is that? Three. Being your four. Being your highest self. That's it. So the first question we should ask is how would I like to be treated if I was the person on the other side of the drama I'm about to climb into, of the chaos that's about to erupt, how would I like to be in? How would I like to be treated? So many times we spend our first moments thinking about how we've been wronged and how dare someone do that? And in fact, Pink Floyd's song really kind of lays out that, that idea, us and them, us, 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 and them, them, them. And after all, we're only ordinary men, all of us. Me and you, God only knows what is not what we would choose to do. God only knows it's not what we would choose to do. Forward he cried from the rear, and the front rank died. And the general sat, and the lines on the map moved from side to side, black and blue, and who knows which is which, and who is who. Up and down, and in the end, it's only round and round. Haven't you heard it's a battle of words? The poster bearer cried, listen, son, said the man with a the gun. There's room for you inside. Well, I mean, they're going to kill you. So like if if you give them a quick, sh short, sharp, do it again. 
dig it? I mean, he got off light because I could have given him a thrashing, but I only hit him once. It's only the difference between right and wrong. I mean, good manners don't cost nothing, do they? Eh? Down and out, it can't be helped, but there's a lot of it about. With, without, and who'll deny it's what the fighting's all about. Out of the way, it's a busy day. I've got things on my mind. For want of the price of the tea and slice, the old man died. And the question, if it had been started with, is what can I do? What would I want done if I was hungry? For me. Would I want to be hit? Would I want to die? Is it worth dying? People have somehow divorced themselves. They call that, there was a long, long time ago, I studied sociology before I became a lawyer. And there was this, uh, this, this idea that there's a mob mentality. So when you get in the throes of the mob and more and more people join in the thinking, even though the thinking is not thinking you would normally do, it becomes okay in your mind. Because after all, look around you. What did we talk about in the beginning? Remembering, reconnecting with our fellow human beings. We take so much of our sense of power from how other people act around us and their affirmation of how we act. You're hearing an awful lot of that about the January 6th insurrection in Washington, D.C. Yes, you can tell my political beliefs. I don't really care because my beliefs are not about politics. They're about believing in the value of unique human beings. They're about believing in these words from the Sermon on the Mount. But love ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Or from Matthew 5.25, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Which camp do you want to be in? It's not about putting political titles on that. That's something that seems to be new. My heart breaks for people who are struggling to exist in the wealthiest countries in the world. Breaks for those people. My heart breaks for the haves and the have-nots who have lost their jobs in the center of our country because we've become grand farming businesses and small farmers are being eaten up by the giant expensive equipment. 
that's not politics. That's choice. That's someone else's choice to take away the livelihood and force them to sell their family farms, some of them that have been in their hands for years, for centuries, like my people in West Virginia. When my father died, we were, I was the person who did the administration of the estate, not that there was much, but that's irrelevant. What was interesting is that I had this guy calling. He was constant, trying to convince me to fool my uncle, or maybe not fool him, just tell him, too bad, my dad didn't want you to have his share of the land because it was never officially done. And so we're taking it and we're going to permit this guy to come in and rip it up literally strip it of minerals, of gas. Forget that it's my uncle. Forget my memories of him as a child. Forget that because after all, we might have made a little money. Ethics and money need to be intertwined on all sides. It's not a one-way street where one person can make all of the money and the others are at the core worthless. People have been leaving West Virginia, one of the poorest states in the United States, since after World War II because there were no jobs. It's not a new phenomena there. There were no jobs. But I went from the first, the beginning until 11 years old in West Virginia and Ohio, and then I moved to California. What a different place. What a different way of thinking. And that's when I began to start stepping into caring for humanity. Not because I was embraced. Believe me, I was not. A hillbilly's daughter was not embraced. But because it didn't fit with who I was. It made my heart hurt. And I began striving for kindness. I spent years reading books, studying Yogananda, studying Judaism. In fact, I have a quote today. Proverbs 25:21 Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbles. If thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat, and if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. Malachi 2:10 Have we not all one father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother? It's it's a good question, and we study it, and we save up all of our 
tribalistic attitudes that have been around for thousands of years to justify man's inhumanity to man. Now, we have wars that are inexplicable, people getting killed, people starving to death because of their religious beliefs. Who are we? This is not just about the United States. I came back here because I read about everything. I'm not afraid of reading Fox News, nor am I afraid of reading CNN. I don't watch too much news on TV because one time they held up the head of a man who, who's the head of a man literally, like they had just severed his head off. And I thought, I don't want to see that. That hurt my heart. So what we're about here, what our journey on this planet is about here is opening our hearts, remembering our connection to each other. Remember, we are all children of the same God. No matter what name we attribute to God, we are all children of the same God. We all join with living parents. We may look differently, but we need to focus on how we're the same. And we all hurt when we're not treated fairly. And we all cry when we're misjudged. And we need to ask ourselves, why are we still misjudging each other? Why is it that a very successful black male lawyer said once, with his eyes clouded with tears, I went to the best law school. I wear the best shoes. I have my hair done. Excuse me at the best salon. I wear the best jackets and the best pants, and yet I still get afraid when I'm stopped for running a stop sign. So the question would be, how would I feel if I had my life at risk if I ran a stop sign. Then that's how we're supposed to act. Not presupposing, not clutching your purse to your side as you walk past a black person. Not presupposing that black people are all criminals. Not presupposing that we're better because we are not black. But rather, how would I want to be treated if I were black? It's putting putting all of this Bible religious stuff into practice, my friends. How would I want to be treated? There was a period in my time, of time in my life, excuse me, and in my time, 
that I was I was living with a black man and I have sat in a restaurant and seen them not want to wait on us and once they did wait on us deliberately delay bringing our food fortunately we weren't in a hurry I've seen white men walk by the table and try to give me the stink eye do I need to describe that a look so full of judgment that I no matter what life choices I've made no matter how I have tried to be kind and loving was worthless but let's flip the coin I was driving him around one day and this car full of young black girls came up and started shouting obscene things at me now I could have focused on oh my gosh how outlandish that they would say such things to me but he was in the car they're angry so much of what people say those men walking by with the stink eye they're angry those girls were angry how much behavior do we allow ourselves to engage in when we're angry most of our parents taught us to take at least three deep breaths before we say something when we're angry and believe me we know when we're angry our body tells us that's why it's such a miraculous machine God put it together to tell us when we're angry God gives us a signal and that signal should be shut the teeth hold the tongue close the lips because when we don't that's when all sorts of trouble starts all sorts of inhumane things begin that may not be our nature we hear that all the time when people are put on trial well it's not their nature and that may very well be true but they broke from anger and right now there's a lot of anger and people want to blame it on God it's God's fault that God sent the coronavirus God didn't just send the coronavirus God sent scientists who can give us wisdom about what to do God sent miraculously not 10 or 20 years from now but now a vaccine that can help God helped overcome the problems they had producing masks so we can't blame God when we're shouting and calling people names and acting ill toward others when we're angry we're all angry about being locked down to the extent we are and it varies from place to place but we're all angry and for me I was like dying inside as I saw us all beginning to be our worst selves not our best selves myself included not that's not what it's about 
I'm not going to give in to my worst instincts. I'm not going to act in anger. I'm not going to be angry if somebody wants to call in and tell me that I'm full of garbage or some other awful word. I'm going to let them talk. I never seem to give the number and we're almost finished, but next Sunday I will give the number for sure. But the reality is this is an angry time. But what's happening is not from God. It's man acting like God, wanting to superimpose their beliefs as the only beliefs, which is what all of this religious war going on around the world is about. My way is the right way. Instead of realizing that it's our way for all of us, all of us. In Buddhism, the sixth patriarch, it reads, even in a time of dispute and quarrel, we should treat intimates and enemies alike and never think of retaliation. It's inevitable when we get angry and we feel mistreated that we start thinking about how we're going to get even and prove we're right. But proving we're right is coming at a high cost lately. Maybe it's time we think rather than trying to blame, we look for ways to resolve what's going on that are not my ways but our ways. Again, life is a chance to show your best self. When you fail, and we all do, and during this time of craziness, we've all probably said things we haven't meant. I've said some things that have been a little stronger and harsher than I intended to say to people that I love. This is not normal. I realized that I listened to my voice last week on the show and realized I sound like I have aged 95 years in my voice. And the reason I have aged 95 years in my voice is because your voice is a muscle too, your vocal cords. I hardly talk to anyone. When we live our lives in isolation, we become little gods titular heads of apartments with the right thinking being only ours. I don't always behave correctly, but I do know that I came to this planet with a purpose to talk about being kind to live being kind, to live love. And I believe that we all came with that purpose. 
And sometimes we're good at it and sometimes we're not. Sometimes someone comes up and they teach us because they are so good in their response to us and they cause us to step back and think. Sometimes we're the teacher. But the reality is we're on a life journey in love. And I'd like you this week to focus on being a source of light. I'd like you to believe that kindness is an achievable goal and it's not easy. It's not easy, it's not soft. People want to make it soft because they believe the only way that you should be kind is if you won, if you were right. But if, if, and I say if again, you are kind, you are right to yourself. And the only person you have control over is you. And if we could all start thinking that way, rather than turning to our guns, turn to our hearts. Rather, turning to our need to be right, turn to kindness. Rather, seeing someone before us that we vilify, see more in that person than they are showing us. Because there's more in each of us than we show. We all come with our baggage. Let's start unpacking it together. It looks like I have enough time to play first light and lead you quickly on a guided meditation. I was worried about what I was going to say today, and I will tell you if even one person listens, I will be back next week. And if no one listens, I'll be back next week. First light. Let us all clear our minds of the words that distract us and keep us from focusing on our highest self. And what we're going to do is we're going to focus now on who we are and our divine purpose, being kind to each other. So if you could pull a breath in as though your nose is in the soles of your feet. Pull that breath up the front of your calves, up your thighs. Why there? Because it helps you learn to do a long breath. And cross over to your tailbone, the base chakra. Most people start at the crown chakra will infuse ourselves with the love of God as we finish and throughout this process. But at the base chakra, that's the zone of fear. Anger and fear are driving so many of us now. 
let's let that anger and fear go back into the earth from whence it came and pull a fearless breath up to your sacral chakra the zone just between your belly button and the top of your pubis that's your zone of creativity I'd like you to stop there for a moment with your fearless breath and allow all things to become possible believe in the wonder of you I read this article about Warren Buffett this week and it commented that he believes successful people are optimists they have hope I don't know why but I have always believed that I can do what I want to do where I started is not any way connected to where I ended I don't know if it's the Carnegie story or what but I do know this now in this zone of creativity think about those things that you would like to do to show your kindness think about those things that you would like to do to remember your connection with your fellow humans let go of that which holds you back now bring your fearless creative breath up to the zone between your belly button and your heart the solar plexus the zone of healing and forgive yourself for everything that's ever happened that still niggles at your brain and pops into your mind like that little angel uh, devil thing that we had going as kids in the cartoons let that go forgive yourself excuse me heal yourself of all of the pain of that and allow yourself to be love now pull your fearless creative healing energy up to your heart and feel your heart expand with love love of you and know that you are enough no matter what has gone on in life you are valuable and you are needed to help us all remember pull your fearless creative healing loving breath up to your voice box your voice your throat chakra and forgive yourself the words that you have spoken in anger and invite others to forgive you feel comfortable visiting those moments briefly and saying forgive me I was angry we all have moments like that now pull your fearless creative healing loving forgiving breath up to the zone between your eyes the zone of manifestation and see yourself as someone who is forgiven 
who is working on kindness, who is working to achieve their divine purpose. And now pull your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting energy up and lift your skull like it's a baseball cap and infuse your breath with God's. You are enough. I'll talk to you next week. Now breathe out. Until next week.